Saints. Woo! How about that? Uh, hey, let me, uh, let me uh, just a couple quick things while, while we're up here. First of all, uh, Biscuit and his staff this week have been awesome, have they not? I, guys and girls, I don't know if you realize how much it takes for all these dogs to work as hard as they do at memorizing the lines and doing all the things and running the wreck and running all of your activities and science stuff that you do. And so let's just put, put a big clap together for Biscuit and his staff. Um, hey, also, how about the Trove? Have they been, like, they're so awesome. It's been great, huh? I am, um, you know, I get to speak at a lot of camps, and so I get to see different people lead worship. And, y'all, I was telling Biscuit this. One of the coolest things is just you know that their hearts are worshiping God right alongside you. And that's what you want to see in a band. So I'm super appreciative of them and glad that they've been here with us this week. How was your day today? Pretty good? All right, it's good to hear, good to hear. I walked all the way around Hume Lake. I've been coming here for like 35 years, and I never walked all the way around the lake. Did you know you can walk all the way around the lake? Yeah, yeah you can. So I did it. It was awesome. I went behind the dam. It was super cool. Anyway, so I got my workout in. Hey, this morning, we talked about the absolute truth of what? Do you remember? Of what? Oh, come on. Three people remembered of sin, right? Say it with me. The absolute truth of what? Sin, that's right, sin, okay? And we learned that all of us have sinned, right? Every single one of us have sinned, and so we um, deserve death, as that's the cost for our sin is death, and that there is nothing that we can do to pay that debt off. We deserve eternal separation from God. So we could just leave it at that. And say, this is the worst camp I've ever been to because this is the message we ended on. But no, I said that was the bad news. But tonight, we're going to talk about the good news because most of you have heard this verse before. At least you know the first part of John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Stop there. All right? Now, that's a big deal. Because what that means, guys and girls, look at me is that God had a plan from the very beginning. See, even before he breathed life into this world and he created everything by breathing it, God had a plan. He knew we were going to sin, and he had a plan all along that was going to save us from those sins. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, okay? So we've been going through the book of Buddy, I mean the book of John, all right? And... And we're going to be in John 14 to start out with. Now, before we get to John 14, let me give you a quick recap. Uh, you saw some of it um, acted out here in Dogtopia, but let me kind of recap what's gone on, okay? So in chapter 10 in John, we see Jesus in Jerusalem, and he's reiterating to people that he is indeed God, okay? He's laying that down. He's still doing miracles. Okay, again, he's in his third and final year of ministry. And then in chapter 11, we saw this on Monday, where Jesus raised his friend from the dead. So in chapter 11, his friend Lazarus, he lay, he, or what do we call him, Lucky? right? And he raised him from the dead and brought him back to life. That was in chapter 11. That helped a lot of people understand that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was the promised savior. In chapter 12, 
Um, we get into Jesus' final week that he's alive, and that's kind of what's been acted out here in these skits, is Jesus' final week. And we see him travel back to Jerusalem riding on a donkey, which was prophesied about 700 years before it. And then we get to chapter 13, and there's this epic moment where Jesus and his buddies, they're called the disciples, his 12 closest dudes, they go up to this room that we call the upper room, and they have dinner together, and they're talking. And there's this just epic conversation that happens, and Jesus actually in that moment takes off the disciples' shoes, and he washes their dirty, disgusting feet, and he's trying to help them to understand that he came to be a servant, he came to do something amazing, and this was an example of how he was going to do that. He was preparing them for what was about to come. So let's look at verse 14 now that we're caught up, and we're going to start in verse 1. John 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go uh, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, and, there, and that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's an interesting, interesting statement that he says right there. And there's a lot of things that we can pull out of this passage. And the first thing I want you to understand is that Jesus was trying to say, listen, some stuff's going to happen to me that's not going to be so good, but I don't want you to be worried because I need you to understand that the Father, that God has a plan. He's in control. You don't have to be worried. And Jesus reminds them of this. Look, I got you. We got the plan. It's okay. He says, it's all good because when I die, and Jesus reminds them that he is actually going to go and prepare a place for them. So when he dies, he's going to start preparing heaven for when they get there but and preparing for them to come and live with him for eternity there with God. Now, if you saw, the disciples have kind of a response where they're, they're kind of like, whoa, 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 hang on, Jesus. Where are you going? Wait, wait, what are you doing? Like, they didn't really understand. And then what I love, look back at verse 6 because this is the verse that is so Epic, okay? John 14, verse 6 says, And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And here's where it gets really interesting. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's backtrack for a second because I need to catch you guys up on kind of what that meant, okay? Um, first of all, let's, let's be reminded. What's the cost of our sin? Okay, so the cost of our sin is death, right? Well, back in the Old Testament, okay, back in the laws and, and, the, and the books bef that came before Jesus, um, we learn about uh, God's people and how God actually set up a death that would pay for their sins on a temporary basis, okay? So the Israelites, the Jews, they had this way that God created that temporarily their sins could be forgiven through a, a death. 
And, and what they would have to do is, according to the law, what they had to do is if they sinned, just to kind of simplify it for you, they would have to sacrifice a perfect lamb, okay? So think about this, okay? I lie to my parents, okay? I lie. I lie. Now a debt has to be paid. Death has to be paid. And so we'd go like, ah, oh, dad, sorry I lied to you. Guess you got to go find a perfect lamb, and you got to go slaughter it and put it on the altar for my sins. So what would happen is, is this perfect lamb. Now perfect means that the, the lamb, the sheep had, had no blemishes, okay? So no spots, like it couldn't be blind, it couldn't have a mole with the hair going out of it on the side, right? I mean, this lamb had to be a perfect lamb and they would, they would make it bleed and kill it and actually sacrifice it on the altar. So it was that death that would pay the price for their sins on a temporary basis until the next time that they sinned. But a perfect lamb would pay the price for your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I definitely think that my family would have run out of lambs a long time ago, right? All the sin. Okay. Um, now, like I said, God all along had a plan. You want me to finish my story from this morning? Yeah. You want to know what happened? All right. So here's the thing, all right? So here I am, I steal the screwdriver, my mom pulls it out of the closet, Susie clean up, she puts it on my dad's bench, my dad comes home, he finds it, and uh, when I get home from baseball practice, that my, my dad is waiting up for me, and, uh, and he, he goes in, and we go in the garage, and he shows me, and I'm bawling, right? I'm like, oh, because I know the cost of sin is death, right? So I'm thinking my dad's going to stab me with the screwdriver, no, I'm just kidding, okay, that's horrible, okay, so... My dad says, you know, your mom and I were talking about it, and this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to go back to the hardware store. I'm going to take you down there. And you are going to confess to the store manager that you stole from him. And then your debt is that you're going to have to pay for the screwdriver with your own money. You're going to have to pay for it. Does that seem fair? Yeah. yeah. So... So sure enough, my dad takes me down to the, the, the store late that night, and I am bawling. I am like, oh, and I get up to the store clerk, and, and I'm like, sir, I stole a screwdriver from you. And I'm like, you know, like bawling, and like I can see in the store clerk that he's kind of chuckling a little bit, like, you know, at the same time, like he winks at my dad like, hey, good job, dad, you're doing a good job parenting here. And I reach into my pocket and I pull out my $2 to be able to pay for the screwdriver, and the craziest thing happens. Right as I started to hand the $2 to the store manager, hang on, I'll tell you in just a second. Hang on a second. No, 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 hang on, trust me, trust me. It, it's gonna get good, okay, just hang on, just hang on, okay, okay. I'll just tell you a second. Let's go back to John 14, okay? I know, I know, just be with me for just a second. Okay, so back to Jesus' last days on earth, okay, listen. So John 14, 6, again, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes in the Father except through me. And so what Jesus is saying in this moment is that you know how death is the cost for your sins, and you know how you had to sacrifice the perfect lamb when you sinned? Well, guess what? Not anymore. I got a new way. I got a new perfect lamb that is about to die for you. And guys and girls, and he looks at his eyes. I'm sure he's like, dude, it's me. I'm the one. I'm going to be the perfect lamb. I'm going to be the one that's going to die for you. And he says right here in verse 6 that 
uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Look at me. What this means is that Jesus' death was the final payment. It's the only payment. The only way that we get to live with God forever is because of Jesus Christ. It's the only way, not because of the good things that we do, not because we go to church, not because we're nice to people, not because we do anything else. The only way to get to spend eternity with the Father is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Jesus was saying what our first abundant, abundant, absolute truth is for tonight, and that's this. That through Jesus' death and resurrection, he alone has the power to forgive sins. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, you can write, he alone has the power to forgive sins. Only through Jesus can we, we be with the Father forever in heaven. See, John 3.16 finishes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only, only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So listen, Jesus went on the remainder of that week, and after he had left the disciples, if you look over in John 18, then Jesus actually goes on trial. And we've been seeing this played out all week up here in Dogtopia where Jesus was on trial for the things that he did. Jesus is arrested, and eventually Jesus is uh, tried, and, and they, you didn't get to see it in the skit, but I need you to understand this because you guys are getting older, and I think that you can handle this. See, we kind of like sugarcoat this when you're little kids, but you're not little kids anymore, are you? So here's the deal. Thanks for your honesty. Uh, listen, Jesus was beaten before he went on that cross. In fact, Jesus was beaten so many times and whipped so many times. They had a whole protocol for how many times somebody could be whipped before they were like, like if you're whipped that many times, then you're, you're gonna be dead. And Jesus was whipped all the way up to that point. Like I need you to understand that Jesus took on this punishment, this beaten, where they were ripping open his back, like to the point where he was, yeah, I know, I know, but you guys are, I think, at the point where you can understand this. Like, Jesus took on this amazing punishment for you, and then he went to the point where he got on the cross. And I need you to, say, I need you to understand something about the cross. See, sometimes we see a cross, and people wear it around their neck, or we have it in our churches, and we think, oh, cross, no big deal. Look at me. The cross was actually a Roman um, torture device that had been created as to be the worst way that somebody could die. Like the Romans had perfected this. The very worst way that we could make somebody die is by putting them up on a cross. And remember, Jesus' back was all torn up and his, his hands are nailed into this cross and his feet are nailed into a cross and they were nailed and hung in a way where it was impossible to breathe. You had to like pull yourself up through the nails just to be able to breathe and it would scrape the back that had just been scraped and beaten. That's what Jesus was going through. See, the Romans knew that not only were, was Jesus going to die, but he was going to be tortured in the process. And what I need you guys to understand is that Jesus did this willingly. He knew what was going to come. In fact, we read back when he was in the garden and he was actually sweating blood because he knew what was to come. He knew the punishment and pain that he was going to go through on your behalf. See, we didn't talk about this earlier, but Jesus never sinned. 
Remember how we talked about all of us have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God? Not Jesus. Jesus was perfect. Though he was 100% man, able to, to, to sweat blood, he never did said or anything against God's desires. But check this out. This is what Jesus did for us. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For our sake he made himself to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So because of our sin, we deserve what? Death, right? We deserve death. But Jesus, because he had never sinned, was able to be the perfect lamb to be able to die on our behalf. So I grabbed my $2. I grabbed my $2. And I start to hand it to the store clerk. And guys and girls, this is a true story. I know, I just have to preface it after the other day. Okay. I go to put the $2 out. And this, we, my dad and I didn't notice, but this really old man was standing behind us the whole time. I don't know where he came from. Just like, I don't know where he came from. And all of a sudden, the man reached around me as I started to, I literally was putting the money out like this. And this old man reaches out and he puts his hand right across right here and he pulls it down. And he says, son, can I step in? And he looks at my dad and says, can I step in for just a second? And he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out $2, and he hands it to the store clerk, and he says, uh, gentlemen, I would like to pay the price for, for, uh, for this kid's mistakes. He's like, I don't know fully what you did, but I think I have a pretty good idea, but I want to pay for you. And we're kind of looking at him like, what is wrong? And you know what was super cool is he goes, because I want you to understand something, son. You didn't deserve for me to do that for you. But see, there was a man who died for our sins who did that for us at an even bigger level. And I, listen, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know that I've ever seen an angel in my life, but I'm pretty sure that dude was one. Like, I'm really sure that that's, because he came out of nowhere and he did that. And I think that he did that because I have the opportunity to, to tell people about Jesus all the time. And I have this story that happened in my life that I get to share, not just so that I understood Jesus in that moment as a 10-year-old, but so I can share that with you all. How cool was that? So I don't know who the old dude was, probably an angel, but it was super cool. He paid the debt for me, even though I was the one that deserved to pay that. And guys and girls, that's what I want you to understand tonight. Look at me. Look at me. Jesus laid down his life willingly to pay my debt, to pay your debt, to pay all sinners' debt. Even though he was perfect, he never messed up, he never sinned, he paid the price of death in my place. I want to do one more story for you all tonight, and I thought it would be kind of fun to act this out, all right? And so what I need is I need two boys for this one. I need two boys. Uh, let's go in the back, okay? And uh, you in the sweatshirt and red next to you. You two boys. Come on up here. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Can either of you read particularly well? Both. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we're in trouble. Okay, come here. All right. Hold that. Face the crowd. All right, excellent. You, sir. 
Dun, da, 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 Imperial. Okay. You guys don't know where that comes from. Just the old people. Okay. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. So when I get to the part, you're going to read what's highlighted, okay? Really loud. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah. When I get there. Okay. Got it? Okay. All right, cool. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> you ready? Yeah. Okay. Now, you will all have a part to play. Don't worry. You'll know when it's your part to play, okay? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Once upon a time, there was a kingdom. And in the kingdom, there lived a king. Everyone say, what's up, king? Now, in, in, in the kingdom, there lived a king who was the greatest king of all. He ruled his kingdom perfectly, and he was fair. And Hey, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Hey, I, you guys have a part to play, but I will tell you when it's your part. Okay? Got it? Now, the king was fair and just. And he loved every single person in his kingdom so much and wanted desperately for them to spend forever with him. And so each and every year in the kingdom, all of the 12-year-old boys and girls would be summoned to the king's courtyard to take part in the ultimate archery contest. You see, everyone in the kingdom lived for this contest because this was their chance to be able to live with the king forever. So each kid spent every day and all hours a day in target practice. And they had all gotten very, very good by the time the day finally came to go up to the hill to the king's castle and participate in the contest in the courtyard. Now, the time had come, and thousands of people were there. It was all very terrifying. The trumpets sounded. Good. And the rules were read by the king. However, if you miss any, even just one, you will get to live with me and instead will be penalized. Okay, penalized by death. <gasps> A gas went over the crowd. <laughs> now, one boy in particular stepped ready to take part in the contest. Now, you need to understand that the boy was a little scared because you need to understand something, that even the greatest of all the master archers were never good enough to hit 10 out of 10 bullseyes. But the trumpet sounded again. And so the games had begun. Soon it was the boy's turn to stand at the mark. So he stood up to the mark. No, face that way. Don't shoot me. Okay, good. He took his first arrow out of the quiver. He took it. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. Okay. He took his first arrow out of the quiver, and he set it in its place, and he lined it up. Now, concentrating as hard as he could, and then he noticed that a little ways off, the royal prince, the king's own son, stood too. He was also taking part in the competition. But why, the boy thought. He had to forget him. He had to focus on what he was doing. And so he pulled the string back and he let the arrow go. Bullseye! One for one. 
What a wonderful feeling for the boy. And so he took his second arrow out. But he was annoyed to see that the prince was going again too. He shot the arrow. Bullseye! Two for two. Only eight more to go. And he grabbed a third one out of the quiver. And he took careful aim again, and he let it go. Bullseye! Three for three. The boy had never done so well. He was beginning to feel confident. And he lined up the fourth arrow with much concentration, as so did the prince. And the boy let it fly. Miss. A bright red zero went on the scorecard. And so he took his fifth arrow and he let it fly. Bullseye. And the sixth arrow hit the bullseye too. But now he was getting kind of nervous. And y'all, the seventh one missed the target completely. But that was the last. Eight. Nine. And even 10 hit the bullseye. The scorekeeper walked over to the boy and he handed him a scorecard that had two big zeros on it. The scorekeeper said, congratulations, you know what? That's the best that I've ever seen. Now what I need you to do is go over to the king and, not yet, and hand the card over to him. Now the boy thought about it and he looked at his scorecard and he thought, Wow, eight out of 10. I mean, it was amazing how he did. And he thought, surely the king won't put the boy to death for the best score ever, would he? But he was scared. And he started to walk very slowly towards the king. And right as he did, the prince stepped in front of him. And the prince walked up to him and he said, here, take my card. I'll take yours. You see, the prince's scorecard was spotless. It was perfect. The prince had shot 10 out of 10 bullseyes. No misses. And the boy thought about it. And as he looked at the card and thought about the card that he gave the prince, he said, but wait, if you take my card, then the king will put you to death. And the prince looked at the boy and said, I know. And so the boy went and he gave his card to the king and he went to live with the king forever. The end. All right, good job, boys. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Now, look, guys and girls, I need you to understand that that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus was perfect. He knew no sin. He never messed up. And yet all of you turkeys and me as well, we've all messed up. We've all sinned. We all deserve what? death. We all deserve death. And instead, Jesus, who is God, who was perfect, stepped into our place and he went up and he said, I got this. You guys deserve to pay, but I'm going to pay on your behalf. Guys and girls, I want you to know that of all the things that you ever learn in your life, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest thing that ever happened on earth. It's the greatest thing that ever happened for you. That Jesus paid the price for your sin because he's the only one that can pay the price for your sin. And as you got to see in the skit today, three days later, 
Jesus uh, died and they put him into the grave. And three days later, because he's God, he rose from the dead. He came back to life. He didn't just raise someone else. He raised himself back to life. And he appeared in front of all kinds of people before he headed back up into heaven. So here's the question. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to have eternal life with God except through him. What's your response? Amen. Okay, cool. What's your response to what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago? And how do we respond? Look at Romans 10, 9, okay? It'll be up on the screen. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says this. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So our absolute truth, number two, is this. Eternal life with God comes only through repenting of our sins. Eternal life with God comes only through when we tell God we're sorry for our sins and we accept what Jesus did for us on our behalf. See, repent means to literally change the other direction. So if I'm walking one direction and I repent, that means I stop and I turn and go the other way. That means that we confess our sins and we say, okay, God, we want to be different. We want to do things differently. Guys and girls, Jesus is the only way that we can live with God forever. I want you guys to watch this video. Uh, this is a video of a young man that was in my group a long time ago. And uh, when he was in fifth grade, he uh, got baptized. But before he got baptized, he did um, his story, his testimony. And I want you guys to listen to what he says. It's pretty cool. And see if you pick up on some stuff. Check it out.
All right, so maybe you guys probably couldn't tell, but that was, that's my middle son, Ty, right there. And so when he said, I'd like to thank my dad, I'd like, you know, cool. But I wanted to show you that because I wanted you to understand a couple things that he said that I thought were cool, okay? Listen, he's a fifth grader. He's nine years old right there, and he understood, so I know that you can understand. And that a couple things that he said was, he said that I, I want to repent of my sins. Like, I know I'm a sinner, and that's the first thing that we have to accept. We have to say we know that we're a sinner. We have to admit that we've sinned. And, and with that, he said, I know that Jesus came and died for me, even though I don't deserve it. Listen, let's be honest, guys and girls. We didn't deserve for Jesus to lay down his life for us. But he willingly did it for us, though we didn't deserve it. And I love that Ty recognized that in his life. And the last thing that he said that I thought was so cool is he said, and I'm making this choice. Because no one else can make it for me. I'm making this choice. And I need you all to understand that to choose to follow Jesus has to be your choice. I've said this all week. Your parents can't make these choices for you, no matter how bad they want to. Your teachers, your principal, me, I can't make this choice for you. To give your life to Jesus and to choose to follow him, to accept the gift that he's given us by dying on the cross for our sins, to pay the debt of, our, of the death that we deserved, you have to accept that and you have to choose that. Now, I know that maybe some of you are sitting there right now and you're like, you know what, I, I still have some questions guess what? That's okay. Like, I still have questions. We should have questions. Uh, like, forever we should have questions. And so if you've still got questions and you're not sure, that's okay. You don't have to make that choice today. But, man, the sooner the better. And if you have questions, man, talk to your teachers. Talk to your parents. Talk to your parents. Like, talk to somebody. Talk to me that can help steer you and give you answers to help you understand what Jesus did for you. Um, this is what I want to do tonight to just finish up, though. I'm going to ask whatever you've got in your hands or anything, just place it down on the ground in front of you just for a second, all right? And if, if you would, uh, just close your eyes. Guys, if you have a hat on, I'm going to ask that you respectfully take it off for a second, okay? And just bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and this is what I want to do. Um, just for the next few seconds, I want you to ask the question in your mind and, and to honestly answer it about who is Jesus to you? Is he the savior of the world? Did he come and pay the debt for your sins? And, and is this a night that you want to say, okay, God, I, I, I believe in what you did for me. And so just for a few moments, I'm going to have some silence and allow you just to think for just a moment, and I'll tell you what to do from there. So just, just talk to God for a second. Now, I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes closed. And maybe you just said this to God, but, but if tonight, if you truly want to tell God that you, that you understand what's going on and then you want to accept Jesus into your life to pay the debt for your sins and you want to give him your life, then this is what I'm going to do is just, I'm going to, I'm going to pray some words and I want you to just 
follow along in your head. Pray them directly to God. Remember, he can hear your thoughts. Okay, and so, so I'm going to say the words out loud, and you can say them in your head to God. And just pray this with me. You can say, hey, God, I know I've sinned. I confess my sin. And I know I deserve death. Eternal separation from you. But I believe that you died to take my place. You gave yourself on the cross. And you died on my behalf. And then you rose from the dead. And tonight, I want to declare that I believe in you. Tonight, I choose to give you my life. Amen. You guys can look up. Listen. There's no greater thing that you can ever talk to God about. Because what God's word says is in the moment that we do that, that Jesus' death pays the price for you. And guess what? Now, that gap between you and God, eternal separation, the moment that you say, I choose to follow Jesus and give my life, then that gap is closed. Guess what? You get to live with God forever now. And there is no greater news than that. So this is what I'm going to have you do. Like, this is a big moment, and so I'm going to ask you to do something kind of bold, because if you really believe that and you truly believe and you're like, this is the day, then this is what I'm going to do, is I'm going to ask that if you prayed that along with me, just stand up right now for a second, and it's okay. This is a safe place, okay? You can just stand up, all right? And if you didn't, that's okay. Don't feel peer pressure to stand up, but stand up if you did. That's awesome. Guys and girls, I want you to look at me. Look at me, because this is super cool. The Bible talks about how the angels actually start to party in heaven when just one person says, I want to give my life to Jesus. Now, there's a party going on right now for a lot of you. And you know what's cool, too, is some of you are out there right now, and maybe you still have questions, or some of you gave your life to Jesus a long time ago, and you're like, man, I'm understanding this new for the first time in a new way, and that's cool. If that's you, you can stand up as well. That's awesome. This is what we're going to do. Biscuit's going to come up here, and he's going to sing one last song for us just as, uh, uh, just as a way to kind of reflect on what we just talked about. And so this is what I want to do. Everybody stand on up. Everybody stand up at this point. And I'm going to pray, and Biscuit's going to get ready, and then he's going to lead us in one last song, and then he'll give us instructions after that. Daddy, right now... Like, I, I just want to start dancing because the party is going on in heaven tonight to say that, man, this is awesome that there are boys and men and women and girls who tonight have said, you know what, I, I'm going to give you my life. I, I'm so thankful that you died for me. And so their names are now written in the book of life that says that they will get to spend eternity with you. And for that, we are excited. We rejoice. We party with you tonight. Thank you for loving us so much and not leaving us in our sin and not leaving us to death. Thank you for sending Jesus. And it's because of him we pray.